Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Opinions, the panel. We've got Andrew Gordy on the panel this morning. He is a regular, and uh, Jordan Oppert was so popular last time round. We just had to get her back really, really quickly. So, Jordan, good morning to you. First up, uh, Cup Week. It's been confirmed. Cup Week without crowds. Very, very sad. Good morning, Smithy. Yeah, no pressure. Second callback. I'm feeling it today. But look, at what point do we put up the Christmas tree and call it a year? Um, because this is actually gutting for everyone involved. I mean, it's hard to believe last year it went ahead with 20-odd thousand people, not a single person vaccinated. A year on, over a year without cases down here in the South Island, the bulk of us are vaccinated and no crowds. Like, it actually doesn't make any sense. I was out with John Dunn yesterday and Woody, one of our top drivers. He's got 25 horses in, five could be in the cup. And the look on his face said it all. He asked me to ask the questions prior to the interview to make sure that it was going to be uh, usable at 6 o'clock, I should say. And, I mean, these trainers, drivers and owners work so hard for their day in the sun. You know, 14-hour days, seven days a week. They don't stop for nothing. And you feel for those as well who are in Auckland and Waikato and might not be able to get down here now. Um, and Addington think that those extensions at this point in time just won't be granted. So, yeah, such a shame because a good day at the races is, I think, what we all need right now. I mean, you wouldn't even have had a chance to get out in the streets and do silly things like Vox Pops or anything, but I imagine the, the feeling in Christchurch <laughs> is, is very, 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 very unanimous about this whole deal, wouldn't it be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think I said to you last time, everyone books just about the whole week off. And I mean, for uni students in particular, this is the end of their year. So it's a big thing. They, they send it for cup week, I tell you. So it's a week where everyone gets around it. And we don't have show day now. It's obviously the Canterbury uh, anniversary is on that Friday as well. So it's a huge week. And, you know, it's just it's absolutely gutting. Gords, um, you've got a history down there. Uh, I'm sure we've, we've spoken on this subject before, but... Uh, at that time, it was just speculation, and we were optimistic, but now that's been squashed. Spoke to Tim Mills the other day, the racing club uh, uh, boss, and he said he was going to leave it as late as possible, but uh, it looks forlorn. So uh, very, very, very sad, because this is institutional this week down there. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, morning, Smitty. Morning, Jordan. Uh, morning to all the listeners. Um, yeah, it's people like Tim Mills and, and those who are, uh, in charge at Addington as well. They're the people that I feel really sorry for because this is the one week of the year that you kind of get your big, your big payoff, isn't it? It's the, the, the entire year is built around this particular week. And I think actually um, our, our Christchurch reporter down, down there, uh, Keisha Brownlee, uh, 
the, the first line of her story last night really summed it up for me. She, um, she had a lovely drone shot over, over Addington Raceway, and said there'll be as, as many spectators uh, here during Cup Week as there are COVID cases in the South Island. And I just thought that summed it up beautifully because it's such a slap in the face and highlights just how ridiculous this really is. And, you know, we're, we're talking about moving into a new phase, obviously, of dealing with COVID in this country and having vaccine passports and whatnot. I mean... Come on, man. Like, there's absolutely no reason why they couldn't have at least had limited crowd numbers. Like, cap, cap a crowd, sure. I, I don't, I'm, I'm fine with that. They're doing that over in, over, in, um, over in Australia at the moment. They did it at, at Ramwick for the Everest this, um, this weekend, just gone. I think it was a capacity 10,000 crowd. And, you know, hearing from people like James McDonald after the race, he, you know, it sounded like 80,000 to him because it just makes such an enormous difference to the atmosphere. And, you know, you can, you can take measures like that to limit the risk. Um, but to not be able to have any crowds at all, I think is just ridiculous. It's a slap in the face. And, you know, it's a real shame for people like Jordan, because, you know, it's a, it's a rite of passage, I think, as a Christchurch-based reporter, to be able to go to Addington and do Vox Pops um, before and after the races. Um, it's just something that is, is part of being a reporter down there, and it's a, it's a special experience. I'm um, feel sorry for you guys that you're missing out on that. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I've been to I've been to Cup Week. It's uh, it's the highlight of uh, one's year, uh, even if you're not an avid racing person, but I am. Uh, so it's the creme de la creme of, of horses racing for the big prizes. Uh, I, 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 I'm the same. Uh, you know, we're coming up a long, long period, nearly a year, you know, nearly a year since one case anywhere near the South Island. I mean, anywhere near the South Island. Uh, and no, ex- no exemption whatsoever. I, I just I struggle to get my head around. It makes me angry. But however, I'm not supposed to on the station because we're supposed to talk about sport predominantly. And here we go. Uh, so, Gords, uh, let's, talk, let's talk about the, the, the All Blacks against the USA. I mean, this will get you up early, won't it? Gee, oh, Smithy, and I, I hate to sound like a real, a, a real sort of wet fish on this, but um, I'm struggling to, to get up for it, and even more so now um, after this, this horrible news about Sean Wainui during the week. And I really can't help but think of the players in that All Blacks team, and I'm not just talking about his chief teammates, um, because there are so many other players in that team who, who will be really feeling... Uh, this, this tragic loss and none of those guys will be feeling like playing rugby this weekend I'm, I'm absolutely sure of that um, but look, this is, this is part and parcel of being an all-black these days I suppose, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to um, take the brand around the world and expose it to new markets, etc, etc so, you know, it's like it's a part of the job for them, I suppose and it will be, it will be like that for these guys this weekend, it's just simply going out there doing a job and and moving on to the next, I think. But yeah, as a as a as a spectator, as a, um, as, a as a fan, if you want to call it that, uh, the the interest levels in this game are next to zero. I have to say. Yeah, I, I'm a bit like that too. Um, I, I'll be interested to see the comeback of a few players, particularly Sam Kane, if he's involved, and uh, Sam White like getting back into it. But I fear the scoreline, and for that reason, I fear the game is a spectacle, and I fear. Uh, for United States rugby, to be honest, here's just how far have they come. Uh, more, on, more on that perhaps uh, after uh, this short news break with, with Trudy. And also, uh, I want a play-by-play, full play-by-play Jordan Oppert on the uh, recent match between Hawke's Bay and Canterbury, please. That would be nice. Big talk, big opinions, the panel.
Andrew Gordy and uh, Jordan Oppert with us this morning as uh, members of our panel. And Jordan, I was only joking about the match review between uh, Hawke's Bay and Canterbury, but I, I can't ignore the fact that uh, this Canterbury team are not playing well. The last two seasons they've been under severe pressure. Is, is it an issue down there? Look, firstly, you're lucky I'm still in the line. I just about pressed, pressed that hang-up button for a second there. It's too soon. It was Sunday. <laughs> we only Wednesday. Um, but no, not, not a good day on Sunday for uh, sports fans and Christchurch all round. Can I also just mention Canterbury League went down for the first time in 90-odd years to Otago, so that was the first thing first. Then, obviously, the loss to Hawks Bay with the NPC. And look... Oh, it's tough. And if it wasn't for those Auckland-based teams being ruled out, we'd be facing relegation, and they only narrowly avoided it last year. And, I mean, this season hasn't been easy, uh, you know, with COVID, obviously, and they are without a few key players. But the trouble is it's not going to get any easier because I think what they're away this weekend to Otago and then Tasman at home, so that's a tough one to finish on. But, I mean, a lot of clubs would kill for the stock we have. I think I was reading we had like a dozen players in that squad who are still super rugby players. Um, but look, surfing through and Thorn, he needs to find a way to pick those players up because if you look at the body language at the end of that game on, was it Saturday or Sunday? Gosh, I can't even remember the days into one. But it was, it said it all really on their faces and I've not seen a Canterbury side not only get defeated but look as defeated as that. Um, but yeah, can I also just say it's a tough region to be coaching? I mean, Canterbury fans are as brutal and as critical as they come, I think. Uh, and it's worth me- mentioning, though, we did win one thing, and that was the Vexathon on Saturday. So, I mean, that's what really mattered, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Top priority. In fact, <laughs> I, I, it's remiss of me not... Remiss of me not to bring that up first, to be honest. Um, Gord, I know you'd, uh, I'm not sure whether you'd like to defend Canterbury or um, as part of your background or whether you want to put the boot in as well. But uh, here we find Reuben Thorne, high-profile um, uh, Cantab, of course, uh, under fire, I think. Smithy, let's just let's go through the, the results because it's been an absolutely horrific season, hasn't it? Going down to Auckland, which, I mean, is, is unforgivable for, for a start. And then you scrape past Manawatu, scrape past Waikato, scrape past Southland. Um, you know, the biggest winning margin of the season is three points and then defeats to Wellington and getting hammered by Hawks Bay. I mean, it is an absolutely horrendous season. I mean, you know, Cantabrians expect and deserve much better than this. But, Smithy... If you think I'm going to come on this radio show and call for the head of one of Canterbury's favourite sons, Reuben Thorne, who is defended by no one else in this country apart from Canterbury, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not your man. I'm not your man. You're going to have to find someone else to do that. OK, we'll try tomorrow. We'll, we'll try and get someone from Auckland tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, let's, uh, let's have a look at uh, the T20 Men's World Cup just briefly. Gord's up now. Um, as, a, as much as I'm not really too worried about the All Blacks versus the USA, I am looking forward to this because I believe we are a chance now um, to, to go pretty close here. Yeah, and, and actually, I'm, I'm interested to hear from you. Like, what what is it that you that gives you the confidence? I suppose that that you think we're a really good chance in this. Because I, I, I've got to say, I I wasn't necessarily thinking that way, and I think I said as much on the show a couple of weeks ago. The only thing that's maybe changed my mind in recent time is is perhaps like I mean, obviously, this tournament was initially meant to be played in India. I think if it was played in India, we'd be yeah, it would, it would be hard for me to feel any great confidence, but because this is being played in the UAE 
and a lot of our players have been based, you know, based there for a long time, playing in the Indian Premier League, getting used to the conditions. Um, maybe that gives us some advantage. And I suppose the other thing too is, is just the mental side of, of things. You know, the, the Black Caps mm. are coming off, um, knocking off every, uh, not, not the T20 team, obviously, but their Test team has, has gone out there and won a world title. And that has to give you a confidence boost and that has to rub off on, on the wider squad, I would have thought. So there's maybe a belief there now that, that perhaps wasn't there previously. But you're keen to hear what what is it that gives you that that confidence, I suppose, that, that this team can maybe do something special in this tournament. Well, it's quite simple for me. You, you outlined the second part of it well. I think now New Zealand teams who have gone to World Cups in the past have doubted their ability to go the whole way. We've proven we can now. Uh, we didn't win the, t- uh, the uh, 50 over one in, in England, but we went, went all but. Um, so that convinced me that the, a lot of the players in that squad, there's quite a few in this squad who believe that they can compete at the highest level and match it on a day-to-day basis. We haven't had that in the past, so that's point one. Uh, I think uh, the other point you made about some players playing in those conditions is also very valid, but I think we've got most bases covered. I think this is probably the deepest squad we've got in a lot of areas. The only area that worries me ever so slightly is, is the spin bowling area, and I think that's going to be very prevalent in this tournament, but we do have... And Santa, a very good slow white ball bowler, not so much a spinner. So I believe if we can get that part of it together, uh, we can win it. And our, our fast bowling strengths have never been uh, stronger in terms of depth and ability. So I think we've got a lot more bases covered than we had previously. And that belief is, is one factor, Gord, that, Gordy, that uh, I, I, I really do believe that um, is huge yeah. when you come to a world stage. So that's it. That. Uh, which brings me, um, in terms of belief, um, Jordan, back to you, in terms of our women's team. So many of them do well in the big bash. I mean, we've, we've seen already uh, Rachel Priest. Um, we've also seen Sophie Devine. Magnificent individual performances. Over the years, we've done it too. We're standout players. Why can't we get it together as a unit? Yeah, well, I mean, firstly, can I just say how good it is to see Sophie Devine back in form. I just love everything that she kind of embodies as a cricketer, not only how she plays, but all, all that she's done off the field in the last, you know, 18 months as well. And Rachel Priestley, I believe she's the one that New Zealand cricket somehow, and for whatever reason, let's get away. But when it comes to the White Ferns, is it too simplistic for me just to say that right now there are better teams? Because I think we're always looking for, for what's going wrong, and I agree that something's not clicking, something's not right. So you've got to hand it to the opposition. They are better right now. And like while they didn't get those wins in England, they did show glimpses of promise. And man, do they have potential. I mean, they've got Divine, Susie Bates is back, Katie Martin's a firecracker, you've got Tahuru and Sathaway. I mean, soon you've got Kerr back too. I mean, if they're on they could be unstoppable. I do think perhaps maybe after this upcoming World Cup, we might see maybe a change at the very top, perhaps. I mean, um, the last few times I've been down here in Lincoln, time and time again, I've asked, what is it that's going on? They all claim that the culture's good, and it seems like it is. So I'm not sure where the kind of breakdown is happening. I think what we all need to do as New Zealanders is actually get behind them, because the next 12 months is exciting. They've got a World Cup here. Um, surely they can draw on that. I mean, yeah, I just, I actually can't pinpoint what it is. Uh, it's got me baffled as well, but uh, hopefully they'll, they'll find the remedy. Maybe they're just keeping uh, everything under wraps for the big occasion, and I hope, uh, Jordan, uh, you get the opportunity with crowds to uh, spend a lot of time in that Women's World Cup, which is not too far away. Thanks so much for your input this morning, uh, Gords, as well. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, we'll have another panel at uh, the same time. Tomorrow morning, great stuff there on a a number of uh, subjects.